We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello, everyone. I am Ben Johnson, and this is the Perpetual Chess Podcast. Perpetual Chess is a weekly chess interview show where we talk with accomplished chess players, authors, and personalities about their lives, their careers, and how to improve at chess. Perpetual Chess is brought to you through the generosity of its Patreon and PayPal supporters and by Chessable.com. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome back to another Adult Improver edition of Perpetual Chess. For those who have not heard these before, we bring in someone who has accomplished a lot in the realm of improving at chess as a non-chess professional. And my guest this week is a longtime internet friend of mine and many others, especially in the Twitter chess community. He is a 34-year-old father of three based in Denmark, works as an archivist in the Library of the Danish Parliament. Um, He's gained a few hundred points in the past few years. After a long plateau, he went from about 1,600 to 1,800 fide, and he's been grinding hard during the uh, quarantine period, so he's gotten his Leeches Classical rating up to 2,200. Now, of course, we don't know exactly what that translates to um, in a fide rating, but I'm pretty confident it's over 1,800. So making great strides despite many demands on his time, including he's an active blogger, Um, writes about chess and his chess improvement study methods a ton on his blog, which of course I'll link to for you guys. Um, And he's out with a new book. 
a much needed book, which is really a gift to the chess improvement community. It is called Blindfold Endgame Visualization, 50 Chess Positions. And we'll be talking about the book and everything else in due time. But first, let's bring him in. So Martin Eustacen, thank you for finally joining the show. Thank you, Ben. It's, uh, it's an honor to, uh, to be invited to a show, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So uh, thank you, and uh, thank you for a nice introduction. It's, uh, yeah. it's really nice of you. <laughs> My pleasure. And you're one of these uh, adult improver guests, Martin, that the main thing I'll be doing is asking you about 20 different ways how you find time to do all the stuff you do, yeah. <laughs> because it's, uh, it's quite impressive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but but before we start doing that, why don't you tell us a little bit about your chess background? So I know you sent me a few biographical notes and that you played your first tournament at 21. So why don't we dive in there? Yeah. Um, how, how did that come about? Um, actually, um, I've al- al- always been interested in, in games and uh, especially computer gaming uh, took up a, a huge part of my, my youth, uh, strategy game games and uh, stuff like that. But uh, at, at, at uh, my late teens, I got interested in uh, poker uh, and um, played it with my friends. And then uh, about... 1819 I started playing uh, poker online um, and um, but I didn't really want to take any risks so I played the uh, uh, limit poker as uh, micro stakes <laughs> and I didn't have any money uh, money to lose uh, so um, and eventually uh, I got bored with uh, playing poker online even though I was very methodical and and bored uh, I think it was uh, Brunson's uh, Giant poker book. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I, 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 if I remember correctly, you all you have also played some poker. Yes, but we we won't let it derail the the chess conversation. Let's no, just no, no. Keep it, keep it to chess. <laughs> but but I got uh, bored with the with the poker, and while playing, I, I suddenly uh, drifted uh, to a, a world chess championship uh, cor- uh, coverage by. Yasser Saran, who covered uh, the the, um, the World Championship in 2005, I think, um, at Chess Base. Um, and um, I really it caught my interest, and uh, and I started playing uh, online um, at, uh, at uh, the Chess Base uh, internet site that time. And um, then, uh, then not... Not that long after, I, I joined a club, um, uh, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it, it was there the journey started for me, um, and I really uh, really enjoyed. The, the, it was really exciting to go into a chess club. Uh, I remember, and uh, a bit uh, frightening also because uh, I was very green and didn't I had I hadn't played any chess in my my childhood there's there's many of the previous adult uh, improvers I think had had some relationship with the game um, while my my only um, experience with the game was uh, learning the rules from my my dad um, but we never played it much uh, so so I was uh, not used to any of the culture of the game and had to learn, uh, learn all the formalities also. 
but um, that's where, where I started. That's interesting. So I, I feel like you're probably one of the first people that discovered chess online and became a tournament player there. Obviously now I'm sure there's people listening who, you know, whether it be from Queens Gambit or from watching Twitch um, or YouTube or whatever it may be that, and just playing on chess.com and Lee chess and chess 24 and all the sites. I'm sure that's how a lot of people who are listening got hooked. Um, but back in 2005, it wasn't quite as easy. I mean, internet chess club was the, the primary, uh, place for playing. Although I think maybe the chess space site, at least now, I think it's called playchess.com. Yeah. Um, but, and I, I know that they had, um, they had a site as well, but I haven't talked to as many people who like that was their hook at, at that time. And only later did yeah. they, did they get to meet people? So what was it like the first time you went to meet people and actually play chess? Were you nervous? Yeah. Yeah. I was quite, uh, quite nervous uh, because, uh, I didn't know anybody in the club, so I, I just walked into the door and said uh, hello. And <laughs> and in the, I was quite young uh, compared to the rest of the the guys in the club. Um, many many old timers uh, playing uh, playing uh, the game for many years, and there was still smoking. And after after nine o'clock, you could, there were the, the the pipes were were lit. <laughs> As yeah. I, if I remember correctly, um, and uh, yeah, so. <laughs> and where was this in Denmark? It was in Roskilde. It's uh, okay. Twenty kilometers from Copenhagen. Okay. Um, um, yeah. And then, when did you play your first tournament, Martin? I think I was twenty-one, uh, and I got uh, after the first tournament. I was rated fourteen hundred uh, Danish rating. Uh, Which is pretty pretty comparable to USCF and FIDE, from what I understand. Yeah, I think Danish rating is pretty close to FIDE rating. Um, it, it, it relates pretty closely to that. Um, and, and today, my, my, my Danish rating is also around my FIDE rating. Okay. That's pretty good for a first rating, 1,400. Were you, were you reading books, or was it just that you'd played a lot by then? Or what do yeah. you think yeah. led to that? I pretty quickly bought. Uh, I think it was uh, because of it, I was uh, uh, spellbinded by uh, SSR and I bought his uh, book, uh, "Play Winning Chess" or something like that. Uh, I yeah. Think it was, was, and uh, and also I bought um, uh, "Logical Chess" by Irving Chenev. Uh, yeah, great choices actually. His Yasser Sarawan's "Winning Chess" series is a great sort of primer and I recommend logical chess move by move all the time, even though the analysis isn't perfect, but it's more important just to have the ideas explained. Yeah, um, I think there were pretty good uh, choices. And then I also bought uh, some uh, chess DVDs from, uh, from the chess base uh, store, Carsten Müller's uh, in games. Uh, why the that, key goes over. Yeah, the that's, that's serious stuff there. Karsten Mueller doesn't mess around with the end games. A bit dry, I would say, but uh, but uh, I, you you can't uh, put a spot on anything wrong with it. So uh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, how often were you playing, and how often were you studying once once you dove in um, yeah. in those years? Um, it was while I was studying history at the Copenhagen University, um, and. I was playing uh, once a week uh, chess in the chess club, and but same time I had my my studies, and I think in that period I was uh, also uh, 
I went to a lot of parties and, <laughs> and uh, had, a, had another life uh, that you have when uh, you're young without kids. <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't take chess as serious uh, back then. Um, so it was, I think it was like a hobby I had uh, b- besides everything else. Um, but uh, I definitely t- didn't take it as serious as I, I try to do now. And so when did that switch for you? When did you decide you were going to take it seriously? Hmm. I think it's it's been gradual, but I think it was I, I, in the last two or three years, I've, I've been more serious about um, how I uh, spend time on chess and how I study chess. Um, and I think also that ex- explains why I had a pretty long uh, plateau on uh, on the sixteen hundred uh, rating uh, level. Um, that because I I played played uh, the, the the normal club tournaments every Tuesday, and then I looked looked at the, some some books and some videos maybe, and and then I also did other stuff stuff, and then there went some times where. I didn't play chess and then I came back to it. Um, So basically you stopped having fun, stopped going to parties, and then you started getting better at chess. (laughs) Yeah, started having kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, the having kids usually doesn't help so much, but the the, the partying and having fun. (laughs) Yeah. I can sometimes I, I can say think back and, and look at how I, I used my time back then and, and think oh why didn't I use my time more uh, wisely or, or manage my time better th- back then because I had so much time compared yeah. to now. So I feel, I feel the same way, Martin. <laughs> Trust yeah, so, me. So advice to uh, all you guys uh, and girls who uh, study chess uh, and don't have any. Uh, kids yet then uh, now is the it's the time to go full full throttle yeah i was giving that exact advice earlier today it gets uh exponentially harder to uh carve out the time and i feel yeah. like uh it's hard to understand until you're in it um yeah. you know i mean you get the uh, whatever you either know or you don't if, if you're listening um but suffice to say it's good advice um yeah. so so martin i want to get into more to what you do studying. Um, But first, let's take a break and hear from our friends at aimchess.com. This episode is brought to you in part by aimchess.com, a new sponsor with a great new product that collects all your games from leechess and chess.com and gives you reports of what you need to work on. They even have a new free 2020 recap report that gives you an overview of your chess highlights for the year. So it's pretty fun stuff. They have a free version as well as a subscription one. So you should go check out the site, see if you like it. And then if you decide to subscribe, be sure to use the promo code chess 30 capitalization does not matter. And that will show them that you came from perpetual chess and you liked what you saw. Okay. Back to the interview. Check out aimchess.com. And we are back and we are ready to dive into what Martin has done to lead to these improvements that he's made now. But first, I'd like to talk a little bit about your blog, um, Martin, because you've been blogging and you're active on chess Twitter with all of your your study methods. So once you got serious, could you describe sort of the evolution of how you approach chess improvement um, over these past few years? Yeah, definitely. Um, 
I think it it all started uh, by I'm, I somehow discovered uh, Twitter in 2007, and uh, I have never used Twitter before that. Uh, I had one of those uh, Excel uh, profiles for a long time, and but uh, then uh, I discovered that there was a chess community on on Twitter, and um, I got uh, inspired by um, a lot of uh, other um, players wanting to improve um, and also um, yeah I can mention also uh, one I got I got inspired by uh, Stepan uh, you have so much, yeah yeah uh, and, well, and Stepan is uh, hanging pawns on YouTube and for listeners if you haven't been through the whole archive yet he did a good uh, adult improvement interview himself and his uh, YouTube videos are great but uh, so go on Martin. Yeah, definitely check check uh, check that episode out and uh, and his, his YouTube channel and uh, and it also inspired me to start making uh, content, uh, making a blog and also eventually making a, a YouTube channel. Um, and I think sharing the journey has uh, helped me uh, stay motivated and and. And also try to uh, annotate my games, um, which I didn't really do before a long period where I didn't really make any rating uh, improvement. The most the the, the the method I did, I, was, I played a lot of uh, correspondence chess on chess.com. Uh, I think I've uh, played about 1,300 uh, correspondence games uh, through the years on chess.com. And... And and also a lot of blitz games uh, on on chess.com. But um, I, I decided to try to uh, to play longer games and uh, annotate the 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 games as well. And and that's that was a, a starting point. Yeah, and the correspondence games chess.com also refers to them as the daily games. Um, obviously, you just move when you log in, and it's a great way to play a sort of slower game than than the blitz one. So, so Martin, when you were annotating these games, how much time were you spending on annotating them and were you using the engine to do it or just doing it on your own? I've, I've tried both things. Uh, I've tried to do it without the engine and tried uh, with the engine. And I found that uh, I, I, I feel like I'm not strong enough to to completely trust my, myself without using uh, the engine to, to check my own evaluations. Um, so when I have a lot of time and energy, I like to first go through the games myself and go through the variations and then afterwards turn turn off the engine. But, uh, but I would be, be lying if I didn't uh, admit that the... Uh, that I also sometimes just have the engine running while I'm uh, annotating the games, um, but I feel like that's a bit more. Um, if 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 I don't have as much time, I would I would pick that option. And but I would recommend doing it uh, the first way. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm guilty of having the engine on at times too. But definitely, it's good to try to journal your thoughts as best you can. Yeah. Um, so we've got a couple questioners from uh, Patreon supporters, Martin. They've been slacking up until this week over the past few weeks. But but when it's time for an adult improver interview, it's always good to get some questions. And we, we have a few. Um, yeah. 
So the first is from supporter of the podcast, Mark Miller. Mark, thank you for the support. And Mark has gotten back into chess in recent years after a long time, you know, working as a lawyer and uh, having a family, I believe, and all that stuff. So, but he finds his openings are kind of a train wreck, which uh, I can relate to. So Martin says, during the course of your improvement from a FIDE 1800 player to where you are now, which again, we don't know exactly where, but we think it's above 1800. Um, have your openings or opening preparation involved in any way? And if so, how? Yeah, um, I would say I've um, I've done many things uh, with my openings. Uh, and I've for a long period of time, I played the London system with uh, white and uh, played the French uh, with, uh, with black and uh, also the, the Simislav. Uh, and I've... Then uh, and I, I picked uh, openings that uh, I, I tried to minimize the complexity and and um, how much time I uh, should put in, especially with the London system, because I think that's an opening you can rather quickly uh, play and 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 not spend too much time. But in recent years, there's Evolving even uh, also a lot of theory that you need to know, and um, so I, I have uh, also picked other openings, uh, and and I've used Chessable to uh, to study, and I've I bought some of the opening courses, but I've also been very very happy just to uh, use the short and sweet uh, courses that uh, they they put out, um, just to get a feeling of the openings and. And, and and learn those lines and uh, sometimes it's enough for me uh, i i'm not believer in uh, spending too much time on the opening but uh, i can see that uh, maybe i should put uh, a little bit push a little bit more structure into the opening studies uh, if i want to uh, to advance uh, further um but i don't see I'm getting into a lot of problems in the opening, so uh, I don't think I should use all my study time on, on, on memorizing uh, lines at uh, my current stage. Yeah, that was the main advice I gave um, to to Mark in my re- my reply to him. I, I just um, I just said, look at your games, and if the opening is getting you in trouble, then clearly you need to work on it. But don't you know you shouldn't necessarily feel some sort of like peer pressure or external pressure to study openings for their own sake. Um, and yeah, the the short and sweet courses that you mentioned um, from Chessable, those are the free versions. Those are like an amazing resource. And obviously, I'm happy to have Chessable support on the podcast. But that's just my heartfelt opinion. I mean, you hmm. there's there's no other. There's no other comparable resource that's basically like a free mini book that really gives you an an, an overview um, of an opening. Um, but let's get a little more granular. Sorry, go ahead. And I can also add that what I've said that when I've uh, um, annotated the games and put them on my blog, I've tried to categorize them by my the the opening I played in and uh, and. By by doing this, I can see. Okay, do I get any problems uh, in this opening, and what do I need to learn next game in this opening line? And um, I, I think that's a, a great way to 
gradually learn an opening better. Um, I also used the opening tree dot com, I think it's a, it is or org, um, as a way to just uh, it's a, it's a, it's a site where you can uh, which downloads your your games from Lightis or or chess.com and then you can jump in and see uh, how you do in different lines and I think also I have I've used that to see okay which lines do I far badly in and what, what do I need to work on so I can use my time uh, uh, the best way possible yeah yeah I just I just discovered openingtree.com the other day yeah it's pretty cool um, so what what percentage of your study time would you say you're devoting to openings? I would say I, I, I would I would guess I would use maybe uh, one hour to two hours a week on on, on opening studies in some out of, out of how many? Yeah, I, I think it's uh, the 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 COVID. Uh, um, a situation has has changed my my, my daily routines uh, quite a bit because before uh, COVID, I was commuting to to work a lot, and uh, and I would use the commuting time to to study chess. Uh, so that was about one one and a half hour each each day um, for for five days a week, uh, and then I also studied uh, in the evenings uh, or played chess. Um, but now I'm working a lot from home, uh, so by minimizing the the commuting time, I'm actually uh, studying less chess. <laughs> right. So, so but but then uh, on the positive side, I have uh, a little bit more time with my family uh, since I'm not using the train for work. So, um, I've tried to, to to study more in in the evening then, um, but. Uh, it's, it's sometimes it's hard when you are t- tired and uh, and focus uh, on on serious studies. Yeah, I, I I hear you. Yeah, and it's funny how everyone's uh the everyone's routine got got changed by COVID. Sometimes it leads to more study time, sometimes less. But I still want you still got to nail this down for Mark Martin. So what what percentage if you're doing an hour or two per week on openings? And I know it can be a little bit hard to divide because like when you're looking at your games, as you say, you're kind of learning about the opening, but that could also be counted as game analysis. Um, but if you were to estimate, you know, Cyrus Lakdawalla uh, recommended when I interviewed him, couple months back, devote a third of your time to openings, a third of your time to tactics, a third of your time to game analysis. And I've been kind of running with that as advice because I think it's good. It's good enough. You know, like no one knows what's perfect, but to me, it's like, it's, it's in the, it sounds reasonable. And then you can tweak it based on what you like to do from there. Um, I often say to, to newer players, spend a little less time on openings. And as you get more advanced, it might come up. Um, But I, but I digress. The question is, how much, do, how much time, what percentage of your time studying would you say is devoted to openings? I would say uh, ten to to twenty percent. Okay, think, yeah, so that's pretty small. Uh, yeah, because I, I I think I have been play, uh, putting a quite a big emphasis on on playing uh, playing chess and playing longer games. Uh, I think I, uh, I ran the numbers uh, for, the, for, for, for this year, and I've been playing uh, um, about 40 or 50 minutes of chess each day in a, on average. 
Um, okay. So so and that's that's a good chunk of time. I've uh, and then I've also used time on on analyzing those those games. So um, so a lot of focus on on playing actually games and i ha- haven't played much blitz uh, which is one of the the habits i've been working a, a lot on um to um, to to minimize yeah um cool that that's good advice and yeah last thing for mark i would just say definitely resist the temptation to spend extra time and mark actually mentioned he doesn't like studying openings it's just he feels mm-hmm. like he he knows so little at this point so I would say it's more just about committing for a long period of time and just putting in the time every day. And like I was in Mark's situation, even not that long ago, even six six months ago, around when quarantine started, I was finally like, okay, I'm going to stop playing these crap openings that I've been, you know, playing for 20 years. Had had to give up the accelerated dragon. Apologies, but the Meroxy is just too tough. Um, and and. Um, you know, I, I six months later, I don't feel like my openings are a weakness. And I probably was spending about half my time on it. So that's aggressive. Mm. So, but, but Mark, I definitely wouldn't recommend spending like half 50% at the absolute most. And Martin certainly provides an example that you can get away with, uh, with less. Um, but we've got another opening question um, yeah. from another Patreon supporter. So let's get to this one. It is by uh, Arjun. Arjun, and I lost the question. There we go. Arjun Duvopav, and I hope I said your name uh, somewhat correctly, Um, Arjun. And he says, I really enjoy your blog. What resource do you use for studying master games as the same o- in the same openings as your training games? Are you looking for annotated games or just a database? And how did you construct your opening repertoire? Did you use advice from others or just play what you like? Do you think us 30, age 30 plus players should avoid very sharp stuff and go for more solid practical opening. So a lot of questions in there. Um, <laughs> okay. So uh, let's... Uh, and thank you for, for the, the, the comments on my, my blog. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I, um, I, I don't either like uh, studying um, openings uh, a lot. So, um, and I've picked openings that, should be easy to learn and um, yeah and maybe you can say give me a hint on the question again and there was quite long question sure so first the first question is what resource do you use for studying master games in the same opening as your training games yeah i've used uh, chessgames.com as a resource Uh, it's it's a bit bit dated but i I think it's uh, it's useful, uh, and I also have uh, 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 the the chess base uh, on my computer. But I don't know; it's 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 quite heavy to start up and and filter everything. And so I think it's quicker just to go to chess games, and and there 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 are bundles on each openings uh, already sorted by uh, helpful uh, players where you can just dive in and. And, and look through some master games. Um, that's one one thing I've done, um, and I've also uh, tried. I've also in my studies gone through uh, game collections, um, and I've always been very fascinated by Bobby Fischer. So I I went through his uh, the, the the his com- complete game collection by uh, Carsten Müller, 
um, uh, and just skimming through a couple of games uh, once in a while and uh, and yeah it's maybe maybe because i was uh, i'm not an e4 player but uh, i got the uh, thought it was really interesting to just uh, go through all his games yeah his games have a clarity that that's yeah. pretty rare I, I i love to study his games as well um and and so the next part of our Arjun's question was how how did you construct your opening repertoire? Yeah, and I must admit I'm not a very structured in that way of having files. And I've tried to make the files, but then I when I halfway through making the files, I decide to play something else, and so I'm not that methodical that I have managed to do that. I I did I did a, a video with uh, Kostya Kovjutski from the Testudio and uh, on how to make an uh, opening file from scratch. Um, and the, I think that's up on the, the Dojo Patreon page if you want to check it out. Um, but there we went through all the, the details of how to do it. But but from from there and to do it yourself, it's uh, it takes a lot of patience uh, and a lot of work to make these uh, files. And I'm not convinced that for a player of my level, it's it's worth uh, doing. Yeah, that's always a question. So yeah, just just to be clear about what Martin's referring to, our friends at Chess Dojo, who we've we've mentioned before, um, and of course they've all been on the show. Uh, I am Kostya Kovutsky, GM Jesse Cry. I am David Proust. They have their own Patreon page in which Kostya and Martin made a video talking about how they construct um, an opening repertoire and you know, how you could use Chessbase for it. Of course, our friends at Chessable also, in addition to all the courses they sell, you can upload your own repertoire and just do space repetition to learn your own repertoire from there. I know my friend, uh, I am Greg Shahadi, is a big advocate of doing that. And he has a like super long 90 minute YouTube video of his own talking mm -hmm. about how how he does that but i mean of course we're we're talking in so much depth about openings but i do want to reiterate that that doesn't mean that that should be the the only thing that that one studies it's so easy to just sort of i mean there's always something to work on so it's so easy to just get get bogged down with that but yeah. there you do need to work on one does need to work on um other aspects of of the game as well um okay last part of arjun's question was do you think us 30 plus players age 30 plus should avoid very sharp stuff and go for more solid practical openings? Mm, I don't, I don't think so because I, when I'm playing here in, in Denmark, I'm often playing a, a lot older guys. Interesting. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not uh, like I hear from the, the, the States that uh, you, you play a lot of uh, young kids and, and uh, I think, of the games I played, I played uh, young kids uh, maybe two or three times. But I think it's because I play the the evening games uh, that right. that when in, in on Tuesday evening they can last to midnight. So that's maybe not as as good for kids uh, as well as as adults. But for kids, maybe not so good when you have to go up to school next day. Yeah, so, so that's how you avoid playing the kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you pick art playing times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I, I, that's a good pro tip right there. Um, yeah. 
yeah. So, but philosophically, where do you feel about? Personally, I, I prefer the the positional sound, uh, sound approach uh, compared to the wild uh, variations where you can you have to memorize uh, stuff. Um, I like I like the, the 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 freedom maybe to 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 put my own ideas into the game uh, while the, the the very sharp variations uh, can get uh, a bit confusing <laughs> but i don't yeah. think it's because i'm old I, th- I just think it's a, a part of my personality yeah i mean uh, yeah to give my two cents i also feel like you mainly have to follow your heart but you shouldn't um i don't think one should avoid tactics per se just because they're old but or older over 30 which is not old um but but i do think that that y- you know you have you might need to make some concessions in terms of your repertoire as you get older. For example, um, I I was playing the open Sicilian for a while, and I've been, as I've mentioned, I've been trying to learn, trying to um, you know plug holes left and right in my opening repertoire, and something had to give. So I'm playing like the Moscow and the Rosalimo um, against the Sicilian, like, and it's not be- in a, in a perfect world. I would still keep it real with the open Sicilian, even though maybe it's not best for my results, but I just find the games fun. But if I'm going to know any theory to me, it's just too overwhelming. Um, yeah. it's just too much theory when you've got, you know, all the other aspects of your repertoire to learn as well. So that's just, yeah, just right. my personal perspective, but I do think playing sharp lines is okay. If that's what you like, uh, what were you going to say, Martin? Yeah, I can maybe add that uh, at the moment I am uh, I've won or drawn my last uh, ten or eleven uh, over the board games, uh, which I'm yeah quite quite happy about. Uh, but the the the, the game that uh, I last lost was because I decided uh, before the game to switch playing uh, meet the e4 with the with the e5. Uh, and and I suddenly got a, a a king's gambit on the board. Oh and boy! Yeah. Suddenly, I was just uh, after I think seven or eight moves. Uh, I was just uh, into a completely messy position, and uh, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> and then then I lost the game, uh, and then I just switched back to uh, to what I, <laughs> I played before. But uh, so my advice is not to um, to to switch stuff just before a, a, a tournament uh, game. <laughs> yeah, despite that. <laughs> yeah, despite my friend Jan Gustafsson's trash talk about the King's Gambit, uh you yeah. you you still need to have some clue what you're doing in these openings unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so Arjun, I hope I hope this was helpful. It's obviously um obviously a lot to uh to decide on when design, designing an opening repertoire, but um but yeah, hopefully you found some useful advice, but don't sell out too much. I get tempted too, as I've, I've mentioned on Twitter and on the podcast a couple of times, I'm, I'm always tempted to switch to old man chest as, a, as a Ben trademark goes to Ben Feingold on that um, as well. But, uh, but I think it's better to, to follow your heart. Um, so we've got a question related to time management, not game time management, but lifetime management. Um, but before we, we, hop into that martin we're going to hear from our aforementioned friends at chasuble 
As always, Perpetual Chess is proud to be brought to you in part by Chessable.com. Chessable is a chess learning website that utilizes its move trainer technology to help you learn and remember opening lines, tactical patterns, and end games. It is endorsed by GM Magnus Carlson and features courses from IM John Bartholomew, Sam Shanklin, Wesley So, and so many others. Chessable has over 100,000 members and features hundreds of courses, both for free and for purchase. So if you haven't checked it out yet, please go to chessable.com and take a look around. Back to the interview. Okay, so Martin, this Patreon question is from another friend of the online chess community, especially um, active on chess Twitter and fellow working father, uh, Peter Newhall. So Peter asks, how does an adult improver with three kids stay motivated and inspired? Have you experienced much burnout or fatigue in terms of having such an ambitious hobby? Yeah, um, it's definitely a challenge. Uh, My kids are are aged uh, two, uh, six, and eight, and uh, there's a lot to... uh, to 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 do um and um sometimes when they when they are put to bed they, you are tired and the the house is uh, needing a, a major cleaning and uh, and when you're done with that it can be be, be difficult to, to to convince yourself to 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 study chess or maybe play the the, the long game you have arranged online um, but uh, but somehow i've uh, managed to uh, to uh, to keep up uh, motivation, and uh, I think it's—I I haven't burned out on on chess, but I've burned out of uh, on on different study uh, plans, and I've made a lot of um, training schedules, and I tried. Uh, there was uh, an experiment on Puzzle Rush uh, where you had to do that uh, day in and day out for as much as <laughs> that you can bear uh, take in, and and at, after thinking. 14, 14 days with puzzle rush. I was uh, I was burned out on that, um, and I've done so with different training ideas I had through the time. That okay, now now I'm tired of this uh, study method, and I want to do something else. So um, I, I haven't burned out of uh, on on chess, but sometimes I, I need to ch- to switch things up, um, and um, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's tough. I mean, Peter and Peter's kids, I believe, are around the same age. I know they're. I know he's got at least one who's uh, daycare age. I believe more than one. And yeah, it's it's hard. And I, I'm I'm in a similar boat. I mean, I, I the, what I've managed to do in the past year is do at least a little bit each day. But but um, I, I'm no Neil Bruce <laughs> when it comes to the the chest study, and it's it's just tough. I mean. You know, my main, my main difficulty is uh, getting enough time to play uh, over the board uh, games uh, because uh, when my, my my youngest daughter was uh, a little smaller, she she was she would, would fall asleep before uh, the, I could get to the ga- uh, drive to the, the games, and and I can just reach in, in time before the clock started. Um, but uh, as she's now two years old, she is falling asleep a little bit later, and now I c- suddenly can't uh, get her to sleep. And and my kids are just uh, hard to get to sleep, so it's a really big uh, task to do it uh, as one parent. So uh, 
Um, I can't really ask my wife uh, to to do this every week uh, for 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 seven uh, or eleven weeks in a row. So um, I I need to be a little bit more patient in, with getting the games in and 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 trying to get my uh, my rating up further. Um, so that's my main difficulties uh, with with <laughs> getting everything uh, done. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, and I know you've been really good about taking games seriously online, which is a great substitute because uh, I'm in a similar boat. I've been saying when quarantine is over, I'm I'm going to play tournaments and I, I'm excited in theory to play tournaments, but that's without having had any of the conversations with my wife about, oh, by the way, you know, like, uh, the, you know I'm thinking about these Sunday tournaments, like, oh, by the way, uh, how, how would you feel if uh, every Sunday for you know, once a month on every Sunday, I just bounce at 11 in the morning and I'll see you at eight o'clock at night. Now, yeah. she, <laughs> um, I, she's uh, she's loving and understanding. I think she'll be OK with it, but you don't know. And like certainly like there might be months where that's an issue. And with with any weeknight thing, that would be even harder given where I live because I'm not like in a major metro metropolis. Um, yeah. So yeah, online games can be so much easier. So do you, do you find it? And the good thing about online games is okay. Like you, you might be like slowing your timeline down in terms of like whatever rating goals you have in line in mind. But if your actual chess is improving, it doesn't matter. Like it'll, you know, the rating will catch up to the improvements you make, but that's if you can take the online games as seriously, which gets to my question. So can you, yeah, I have. I've tried. I've played the the fifteen plus fifteen games on on like just a good part, but sometimes you don't know the person, and and you get in run into cheaters, and it can really take the your energy when you invest uh, maybe at one hour, one and a half hour for on a game, and and then this it was against an engine. Uh, so I tr I try to organize um, uh, tournaments on on Twitter. Uh, it started uh, I can't remember when the first tournament started, but it, it, I, I just threw threw the idea out on Twitter to if anybody was interested in playing a, a tournament. And uh, there was a, I think we were about twenty four players for the first Twitter chess tournament. We uh, and and. We played the uh, played the uh, each uh, the tournament and and we got to know each other and 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 and, and then people were also debating uh, uh, the other tournament games and 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 I think I would like to give that advice uh, to try to uh, if you have uh, on a social network or something. Where you can get spectators on on the games uh, while you're playing, because then you are putting pressure on yourself to to take it serious, because you know people are watching. You need to you can't embarrass yourself, and I think that's great. Uh, you can also stream your games on Twitch. Um, this is another way to to put this pressure on 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 yourself to to take it serious, because very easily you can get distracted and open another browser and stuff like that if 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 you're just playing against a, a random person yeah so. it's tough but on the other hand like i i gave a shout out to the twitter chess tournament thank you for for organizing those by the way um and but like when you see that people are watching to me that itself is distracting like 
even more so than like if you're in a tournament hall, someone walks by, you know, you may notice, you may not. But for, for leeches or whatever, when it has their names and stuff, like yeah. for, for me, I found that itself distracting. And right. I know that, I know, like you say, there's of course issues with cheating and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, it's online chess definitely has its unique set of challenges. Yeah, because I think we, the third tournament we, we, we did where I think about uh, 130 persons uh, joined the tournament and uh, a lot of them were anonymous and it was, I, we didn't have any idea about who the people were who joined the tournament and, and, and there were some, uh, some bad apples and, and I ended up using a lot of time uh, dealing with these issues and, and that took a lot of uh, the joy out of it for me. So um, I have tried to, to, to play people I, I now know on, on, on Twitter and also from the, 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 the chest uh, Jojo um, where where you can also find some some very some some serious players also. Yeah, Chess Dojo does their ladder games and they're doing yep. like a Sunday thing too, right? Yeah, where you can uh, get your games commented on. But it's it's a little bit late for us uh, Europeans, but I think they have been talking about doing uh, another show for, <laughs> for 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 the European crowd, but I'm not sure. Yeah, they really they give so much to the improver community, yeah. so it's um Def- definitely uh good good to to take advantage of uh of all that the chess dojo offers um so so with time management i mean the amazing thing is like okay you're working you've got the three kids um and you've done these and you're working to improve your own game but you've also done these content projects i mean you've got your blog which obviously there's some some overlap with um with improvement because the act of writing and annotating may help you improve but um the youtube channel you the twitter chess tournament um we'll get to your book of course and you were the one doing the chess book reviews site too right yeah that's that's correct i i started a a, a web page with the idea to um, to make a book reviews site with the focus on, on chess books uh, because i think uh, both on, on on your podcast, but also uh, on on Twitter and other, other sites, uh, use a lot of time uh, discussing chess books, which is the best for for which uh, rating groups and which one has the the best annotations and and and, and stuff like that. Um, but there isn't really one place where you can go and, and rate your chess books. And I thought, okay, I will try to do this uh, and see how it goes. Uh, and I think I, I got pretty close on making a, 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 a site that, that was functional, but uh, I think I'm, I was lagging a little bit of the, the, the abilities. Uh, it would have been good to have some professional uh, helping me uh, with the project. But So I decided to, to close it down because I wouldn't use all my time on it and uh, I would rather use my time um, studying chess. Um, so... It was a, a a good idea, I think, but I, I had to prioritize. Yeah, exactly. I think it was really a nice idea, as I said um, at the time. I mean, you know, it'd be nice to uh, rest ourselves from the tyranny of Jeff Bezos and Amazon. I mean, of course, they have reviews there, which can be helpful, but not everyone buys their books from there. And just, you know, other websites could use traffic as well. Um, other, other web, other, you know, sites could sell stuff as well. Um, but 
totally understand you're needing to abandon that project. I was impressed that you even took it on to begin with because it's obviously it's not going to be like a big money maker. It was out of the kindness of your heart and you have plenty going on besides that. Which brings us to your book. Um, so so Martin's new book, I mean he's been working on it. I know for most of this year at at minimum. Um so it, the idea behind it, I think we should let, actually, I think it's better if you explain, Martin. So yes. um, t tell us about this project. Yeah, um, my, my book, um, really, the, the whole started as, again, as an idea I had because uh, I was uh, searching for, 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 for books um, to improve my uh, my visualization and, and, and blindfold chess. And, and I had this idea that there must be a book where you can... Uh, um, just there's no di diagrams uh, to look at and you can just see uh, read the notation where the pieces are and then you have to solve the the the, the study or the position um so i decided to okay i, I will look for this book and, and i couldn't find anything um so so I thought, okay maybe i could then i tested some position on on twitter and I, there was some really good engagement, I thought, and then I got the idea. Maybe I could make this book myself, um, and and then I decided to try try it out. Uh, and and now it's uh, out in the Amazon store, and yeah, it's been uh, amazing, uh, and also a lot of work, I must admit. Yeah. Yeah, well, Martin, you did a great job on it. I mean, so it's available in Kindle. It's also now available in physical book. Um, and Martin um, actually gave away the book to people who subscribe to his email list. Um, so, I'll, but I'll be buying a physical book as well, and maybe even giving it to to a student or two because it really is. Um, I think you correctly identified a sort of gap in the marketplace. I mean, it's really a great way to train. Um, and I've mentioned before that I didn't do much blindfold training when I was coming up as a player, and I feel like it's made me a weaker player as a result. So I've actually been doing the book some. I made a rule since the book came out that I'm not allowed to play Blitz online until I solve at least one of your puzzles. So uh, I'm in a given day. So I'm lazy. So it usually does end up just being just one puzzle unless I get it, unless I get it right away. But, you know, that means I'm like 12 or 13 puzzles into the book. And uh, it's beautifully presented, um, Martin, nice yeah. nice format. And then you do have the diagram on the second page. So if you're really struggling with, uh, with a puzzle, you can still turn the page and see the diagram without necessarily looking at the answer. So yeah. kudos to you. It's it's really great that you undertook that project. Thank you. And, 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 and as a... As a, a club player, it is really, uh, it is really. I was really nervous about uh, sending uh, a book out uh, into uh, into the chess community because uh, it can be uh, really uh, a tough crowd. Uh, a, a lot of chess players is very serious about their hobby uh, for good reason, uh, and and I think I also. It, I, how I did it with sending it out to um, to all the people. I think I think I was about I have five five hundred people signed up to the newsletter, receiving the book for free, uh, as in a digital form, and and I've gotten a lot of feedback from uh, from all those uh, nice people uh, sending back comments and uh, also some very strong players uh, have uh, helped helped me make the book uh, even better from what I sent out. 
uh, to not what's now available in, in, in paperback. And I've tried to implement those uh, comments uh, I got from, from all the readers uh, uh, that, that received it uh, for free. So I so think that was, uh, that was uh, a good decision for my, my part uh, because I, I also saw on Twitter that uh, yeah, I think the, the chess historian Olympio Urkan said that he couldn't understand why uh, a 1600-rated uh, player could get a book published uh, from a serious chess publisher. And I think... I, I present this book as uh, as as a club player, uh, and I see uh, I present it as not an expert. Uh, I've uh, made the, these puzzles uh, and done the, the the whole layout and solutions as uh, as uh, as to my best of, of ability, and think uh, the result is pretty good. So, but I know there are some people who are really uh, thinking, okay, it's only title players who can write uh, chess books. But uh, I, I hope I can make an opening for for club players, and 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 I know that at least um, two people has has written to me and said that uh, that this is, has inspired them to uh, to push on with their own uh, uh, book projects uh, that is that are chess related. So that was. Very nice to hear. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, you're not, you know, as a as the author of this book, you're, you know, you're compiling studies that you think are appropriate for people to solve blindfold. You're not like Kreutzky designing the study, you know. So I mean, it's still it's a great service to the improver community because you you identified an exact thing that's that's needed. But yeah. you're not like presenting yourself as a grandmaster that's gonna um, and, explain it. And, so and then there's, a, there's also a process in the book that uh, I that I can't solve myself blindfolded because and I I've also had uh, emails from uh, very strong players who said that one was uh, a tough puzzle. So there's a little bit for for everything and everybody in the the book. I hope so. Um, yeah, I've gotten a couple wrong already, um, <laughs> and and then a couple where you have it right, but maybe you missed one variation or or something like that. And for anyone wondering, my personal opinion is um, anyone say fourteen hundred to twenty two hundred. It's it's right in your wheelhouse. It's a great great way to train blindfold. Um, and I will. The, this is coming out after my book recap, but Martin, I think we discussed. I'll probably read a couple. Of, puzzles from your book at the end of uh the, the blindfold i mean the uh, book recap of um yeah. of simple chess um so listeners that's that's where that will be coming from but i know that you know there's just if you want to get better at chess the, um doing some work on calculation and visualization is kind of unavoidable so that of course begs the question martin did did working on this book do you feel like it helped your own uh visualization skills um yeah, I, I would say I hoped it would help me more because, but the the the, the whole process of collecting these uh, studies and and how I I discovered them I I I couldn't sit for 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 uh, like thirty minutes and visualize and then if I didn't like that one go to the next one uh, I had to look at the the position and. I think I've went through about uh, three to five hundred studies, uh, maybe more, uh, and and positions uh, just to 
and then I got down to about 100 uh, puzzles, uh, positions, and then I just picked the best for the 50 in the book. So the whole that process would have been uh, impossible if I had tried to, to solve it all by myself, uh, as, as a part of the training. Um, yeah. I, I hope, like, in maybe uh, half a year to a year when the whole is uh, sift down a bit, I can pick out my book and, and then I can try to um, re-do uh, the, the whole book uh, and, and check myself. Uh, that's that's at least my 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 hope. Yeah, it's like space repetition too, yeah, yeah. because you have some familiarity with the puzzles, and of course, some of them are classics. So, um, yeah. a few of them, I was like, "Oh man, I know I've seen this puzzle, but I I still can't can't quite put my fingers on the answer in some yeah. cases." But but great stuff. Uh, I definitely recommend it for anyone in the rating range. I I mentioned, or if you just want to support Martin's work, um, these books are are quite inexpensive. Um, how much is the, the physical? How much are they? It's it's only ten dollars, so I think uh, it's 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 and I've, I think it's yeah it's perfect for if you are going to when the the world gets opened up again. You, if you're going to to travel and uh, you can, uh, it's, it's a small format, um, so you can bring it um, on 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 the on your next trip. Uh, I hope. Yeah, and e- even cheaper in ebook. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's five dollars, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, definitely listeners check that out and, uh, you know, get grinding on, on your blindfold skills. Um, so Martin, um, just, just one or two more things before we, we get you out of here. I just was hoping you could synthesize sort of the main things you've learned about chess improvement, um, in, in your, your recent years studying. I would, I would say that one thing I've, um, think that it's not mentioned that much that I think made made a huge impro- uh, a huge uh, difference for me was uh, looking at uh, pawns and pawn structures um I, I spent some a good uh, share time on on, on studying uh, the, those pawn endings and and trying to to get those uh, down and and I I used the course called uh, Mastering Pawning Games by I'm Ahmed uh, Al Tip I think it is <laughs> uh, on on uh, and that's an excellent course uh, to 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 to, uh, to work on for pawn endings and also chess uh, structures uh, I, I enjoyed that book yeah and and um, and also what got very inspired by um, Pump up your rating by Alex Smith, which also have a, an element of um, pawn levers and how to use uh, those in 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 your games. So, and I noticed in after after working on on those, I, I noticed in some over the board games, I was able to uh, to convert uh, losing positions to winning uh, in games uh, just in the pawn endings. So yeah. So that 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 has been a, a huge uh, huge improvement for, uh, with my chess at least uh, to work on those, um, and also just uh, playing a lot of longer games is uh, is uh, is one thing I want to uh, to keep doing. Um, and I also read the the book Atomic Habits by James yeah. Clear. 
which I want to recommend. Uh, also, to those who asked about how to get more time uh, into your daily lives, uh, just trying to look at your daily routines and try to he has used uh, an idea of like the one percent improvements uh, in in everyday things uh, it's, maybe it's not a, a much you did that in but it's collective it will give a, an, an effect on your chest uh, like i've tried to uh, i've in, in, uh, used the, the sleep reminder on my iphone that pops up when I'm playing uh, online that now it's time to go to bed <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, try to get some sleep. And also uh, I've tried to more evenings. I, I, I like, uh, I like beer. Uh, I've uh, also, that's in a previous hobby I had, I was, have been brewing beer. Um, but uh, I've tried to, for some meals in the evening, uh, just to buy a non-alcoholic beer because I knew wow. I was going to study chess and stuff like that, trying to um, maximize your your the time you, you have available. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I so, know some other, uh, some other members of the chess community are big fans of Atomic Habits by James Clear, like Gear Vandervelt, and I believe Neil Bruce are tweeting yeah. about it a lot. I'd read some other habits books, so I was like, oh man, do I have to read another <laughs> habits book? Like, the, you know, the third one so i haven't pulled the trigger yet but i know you guys are strong advocates so at some point yeah. i'll probably read it but I, I guess i guess he's he's not like inventing anything new but he's just presenting it in a in a very eatable way that also inspires you to, to make some changes uh, so so it, it can be a good book to buy in january when you want to to uh, to restart everything and 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 look with the uh, on your chest with new eyes i think yeah man well i gotta lose this quarantine weight that's the habit yeah. i need to work on yeah <laughs> also, uh, getting some uh, some exercises uh, is uh, something that can help on your chest excellent so so you recommend you gave a few good book recommendations the um the king and pawn course on on chessable uh chess structures and what was the third one i'm sorry pump up oh axel smith pump up yeah. your rating um yeah well, who is also of course uh, known for the woodpecker method yeah. um play training games online obviously you interface with a lot of people online which i think helps build community and as you say helps hold you accountable um, so, so good stuff. I mean, it's great to see your progress. And again, listeners, you gotta, if you're, if you're in the rating range and you're trying to improve your visualization, um, I promise you Martin's book is a worthwhile, um, tiny little investment. Um, so Martin, I know you, you mentioned you're going to be slowed down from playing tournaments more than you would like, but, but, uh, my last question for you is what, what your goals are in the coming year, um, especially as it relates to chess, but even beyond yeah. chess. I think my, my, my goal is uh, since there's still so much uncertainty in uh, in in the current uh, world, and I don't know how uh, and when I can how much I can play uh, over the board, which is my my main focus, and I still prefer that over playing online. I will try to um, to focus my goals on on what I can manage myself, and and and. By doing that, I want to next year work on uh, master games. Uh, I've uh, bought um, Alec Alec Hines, uh, Greatest Games collection, 
and and it's my plan to go uh, over them on on Twitch, my Twitch channel. Uh, and um, I did have done this in the, in the here in the, the autumn, where I, I look at Ben Larsen's games, and everyone who comes in can analyze the games with, together with me uh, during the stream, and and it's been quite fun and also a a, a motivating way to look at those master games uh, together with other players. So. I would just uh, that that's one goal for for next year is to go f- through this book, um, and um, as as a second goal, I I, I want to keep playing uh, longer games. Uh, I played uh, a, a good share of rabbit games, but I also want to play some uh, some more longer games, forty five plus uh, thirty seconds games uh, online. Good. I, I like that your goals aren't just tied to like, I'm going to get to X rating. It's like, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to do yeah. this thing. And I can make, like, really say that uh, when I started my YouTube channel, in uh, it was in March 2019, my, I set the goal to, to be uh, an FM Finemaster uh, in five years. And uh, it's still my most watched video. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, but, but I, I, I soon realized that Maybe it's a little bit unrealistic with with having uh, three kids and not the possibility to play as many games that I need to 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 get to that level. Uh, so so I have adjusted it to say I want to reach um, yeah, two thousand feet rating as as my my current goal. Um, That's great, yeah, and I think you're you'll be there. That's you know you're you're knocking on the door. I would think. Um, again, we don't. No one knows the exact conversions of the. Uh, the Lee Chess rating, but within spitting distance, if nothing else. At least my my, my performance rating uh, over the last games has been twenty one hundred. So I, I I hope with more games I can I can get I can reach my goal. Yeah, that's great, and that also underscores what I'm always preaching about: just one goal at a time. You know, you don't people don't need to set these super distant goals. It's okay to have like a stretch goal secretly in your mind, but but yeah, but yeah. it's um. It's hard enough to to gain a hundred points, let alone five hundred. So yeah, um, cool. Well, Martin, thank you for all your contributions to the chess learning community. Um, it's it's really uh, you. I I still even after interviewing you, I still don't know how you find the time, but uh, but we appreciate it nonetheless. Oh, and uh, and thank you, Ben, and uh, thank you for having uh, the, the the your your podcast. And uh, I would just like to say uh, to all the listeners, uh, go support Ben on uh, on Patreon. Oh, that's that's nice of you to say. I appreciate that. <laughs> and and uh, and I'll get the links to everything. Um, I'll get the links to everything. So Twitch, YouTube, the book, <laughs> Twitter, uh, yeah. any, anything beyond those four, Martin. Oh, I, I think that's enough. Okay. So yeah, listeners, uh, give Martin a shout and Martin, congratulations on your success and, uh, yeah, keep it up. Thank you. Ben. Thanks as always to my producer, Matthew Passy and to everyone who helps spread the word about the show, telling your friends, writing positive reviews on podcast platforms, all of that stuff helps. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Benny one join the perpetual chess Facebook group. You can find the link on the website and we are back in action on Instagram at perpetual chess, sharing a weekly clip from the podcast. So follow us over there as well. But of course, the main purpose of these credits is to thank everyone who makes the show possible. 
by their financial support. Without you all, Perpetual Chess would have ceased to exist a long time ago, and for that I am forever grateful and work to continually improve and expand the offerings from Perpetual Chess. So without further ado, I would like to give extra special thanks to the following people and entities. Chessable.com, David Lazarus of LazmanChess.com, Quality Chess Books, The Capital City Chess Club, The Abysmal Deaths of Chess Blog, Adapta Interactive Web Designs and Services, The Apprentice Twitch Channel, Andrew Alharji, Andrew Bach, Anidi Deer, Austin Clough, Benjamin Porto, Bill Sigler, Kathy Carr, Chad Oliver, The Charlotte Chess Center, The Chess Central's Chess Blog, ChessMood.com, Chris Flanagan, Chris Lott, Dan O'Hanlon, Daniel He, Danny Davidson, David Schreiber, Derek Jones, I am Dimitri Schneider, I am Eric Rosen, Eric Tam, Ewan Richardson, Farhan Thawar, Faraz Sawaf, Gary Foreman, Glenn Downing, Greg Harfs, Greg Shahadi, Gregory Gulick, Guven Manet. James Kennedy, Jeff Martinson, Jens Green, Jeremy Nielsen, John Jernigan, John Rockefeller, John Cromarty, John Martin MacArthur, Kelly Palmer, Kevin O'Callaghan, King Selt, Lucio Casada Silva, the law offices of Stuart Katz, Matthew Feeney, Michael Can, FM Michael Oblin, Mike Zelazny, Mr. Mike Shahadi, the famous Mr. Dodgy, the Nerd Nays Twitch channel, Peter Sodi, the Playmore Chess Academy of the Hampton Chess Club, Reuven Fisher, the Seattle Chess Club, Shane Unger, Stephen Kelty, Stephen Martinez, Thomas Stanix, Thomas Tachenko, Todd Bryan of StrongChess.com, Todd Kennedy, the Vintage Patsers, which is a Chess.com improver group, Wayne Beam, William Hogarth, Aaron Waffler, Ace Viega, Adam Ralph of ChessEngland.com, Adrian Gutierrez, Alex Payhouse, FM Andre Tarakov, Dr. Andrew Perry, Barry Hessian, Bill Juniper, Bill Moran, Brad and Andy Rosen, Brett Howard Lynn, Brian Mullis, Bruce Scott, Brian Tillis of Palm Beach Chess, Chad Hilton, Dr. Charles Snodgrass, Chris Wayne Scott, Christopher Baumgartner, Christopher Shabri, Christopher Wood, I am Christoph Zalecki, a.k.a. Chess Explain, Coach J's Chess Academy, Corey Budson, Costa Chorus, Courtney Fry, Craig Mallon, Daniel Ginsberg, Daniel Naylor, Dave Saylor, David Bleskacek, David Brown, David Hamblin, David Cramley, Dalen Shelton, Dennis Parrish, Dirk Decker, FM Donnie Ariel, Douglas Matthew, Dwayne Edmonds, Ed Daly, Emmanuel Langlois-Robitaille, Ethan Smith, Hallelujah Cat, Ian Mason, Indrick Ryland, Felipe Melo Pereira, Fox Valley Chess Club, Francis Latart Lavoie, Dr. Frank Tortoris, Frank Zananis, Gary Andrews, Gary Lewis, Geert Vandervelt, Gene Stewart, Gerard Barto, Giovanni Russo, Hans Schut, Harish Srinivasan, Howard Vihan, Jacob Kovacs, Jacob Turan, Jacques Perry, James Espenwall, James Banastia, James Muir, Jason Willem, J.D. Chakrabarty, Jeff Anderson, Jeffrey Martello, Yep Hoyland, Jerry Wells, Jim Ratliff, John Tully, Juan Almaguer, Dr. John Fallon, John Fernandez, John Fontaine, John Hartman, John Jeffrey, John McMurty, Jonathan Slater, John Tully, Jose Rodriguez, Justin Gardner, WGM Jen Shahadi, Joel Rocky, John Thompson, Grandmaster Josh Friedel, I am Kare Christensen, WGM Katarina Nemsova, Kelly Palmer, Kevin Boyce, Kevin Pryor, Kior Gada of the Lakeshore Chess Club, I am Kostya Kavutsky, Krishna Gopala Krishnan, Kyle McAvoy, Larry Ryforth, Laura Belyovsky, Macaulay Peterson, Mark Miller, Martin Knudsen, Martin Krug, Matthew Passy, Matthew Tedesco, Matthias Plock, the Mechanics Institute Chess Club of San Francisco, Michael Allard, Michael Hudson, Miguel Araspidi, Mike Clem, Mitchell Fabian, Nate Salon, Neil Bruce, Nigmat Malajanov, Nicholas Isabel, 
Olaf Mueller Michaels, GM Pascal Charbonneau, Passy Passanen, Paul Bain, Paul Clarkson, Paul Sweeney, Paulo Santana, Peter Lux, Randy Temple, Ricky Grijalva, Richard Hallenbuck, Robert Tichi, Robert Turner, Rory Coleman, Rory Yearwood, Ryan Berg, the Say Chess YouTube channel, Scott Doherty, Scott McKinnon, Sebastian Finsterwater, Walder, Shane Unger, the Sil- Silver Knights in Richmond, Stefan Roller, WGM Tatia of Abrahamian, Tim Brennan of TacticsTime.com, Tim Seymour, Timothy Ha, Tom Edsel, Tomas Komanich, Tony Rotella, Tyron Price, Vishnu Srikumar, William H. Brock, William Juniper, William Peterson, FM Zhao Cheng of of chess1000.com and of course Zhivko Stoyanov thanks for listening everyone we will be back next week with another episode of Perpetual Chess Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.